A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, and welcome to my favorite takeaway the show for people who love food but can't always be bothered to cook it. I am Tom Crane, and with me, as always, is the wonderful Simran Shah. How are you, Sim? I'm great, Tom. How are you? I'm very good. I could see my face in the screen. I think I look about 102. I feel I've aged really badly this year, Sim. It's been a difficult year, <laughs> clearly. Don't worry. I think, you, I think you look as beautiful as ever. We had some great correspondence this week, Sim. I know we don't normally rush so quickly into this, but we posed a subject last week, which was about weird takeaway names. The names for shops that you've seen around, places near you that have caught your attention, you just think are bizarre. And you've sent us lots of stuff and I've loved it. It's been great. So the first one we got was from Linda. And Linda said, hi there, love the pod. There's a Chinese takeaway in County Wicklow in Ireland called Soon Fat. Soon Fat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that some sort of legal warning? If someone really sort of goes far less healthy from eating there, they go, well, we did warn you. This is the, it's, in, it's in the large print above the door. Soon fat, I like that. That's good. I think soon lying back on the sofa, sort of hating myself, would be quite a, a name for it. And then we had another one from Ailey, and Ailey said, following the Lusana's episode, I'm meeting with a funny takeaway name, Bacchialdi's. What's that, Bacchialdi's? Bacchialdi's is the name. Okay. It's named that because it's uh, around the back of an Aldi. Okay. She hasn't said in the email actually what the takeaway, what food they sell in this takeaway. <laughs> that is so good. That is so good. That's brilliant in a way, though, isn't it? If you're trying to describe where it is, it's your favourite. It's at the bound of the back of Aldi. It doesn't suggest it's amazing, but you never know. You never know. There might be a great takeaway by the back of an Aldi. You never know. But uh, I love that. I love that. I love that very much. She also said she does like this in podcast, but she has got a baby at the moment with loads of allergies. So she would say, it's fun to hear about all the foods I can't eat at the moment as my baby has allergies to dairy and soy and reacts via breast milk. Almost two years. <laughs> I don't know why I said that weirdly. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's how babies are fed, don't you, Sim? <laughs> Sorry. How much of a prude are you? Is, it, is, this, is, this, a, is this a bombshell? Simran's finding out that this is how children fit. What? Sorry about this. It's not going to catch on, is it? What the hell is that? <laughs> that's not what breasts are for. Simran, mind blown. Yes. Okay, Simran. Uh, go back a sentence and give it another shot. You can do this. <laughs> Um, it's fun to hear about all the foods I can't eat at the moment. My baby has allergies to dairy and soya and reacts via breast milk. Almost two years dairy and soya free for my wee milk monster so far. Can't wait for a proper blue cheese pizza, chicken satay or chow mein with soy sauce when she stops feeding. Ailey, I, I feel your pain. I really do because our youngest son had really, really bad allergies. And uh, my wife also basically had to cut out everything 
And then I, in sort of vague solidarity, did. Although sometimes I'd sneak away and have something. <laughs> Basically, I'd sneak out and have a treat. What would you sneak away and have? <laughs> well, I'd have like a pizza at lunchtime or something like that. And then in the evenings when I'd see her after work, I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> a pizza at lunchtime is quite a lot, isn't it? It does remind me, though, uh, of uh, a little story. I can tell you this, Sim. This is, to this day, probably the least dignified thing I've ever seen. <laughs> God. When your child has allergies, you end up having to go to hospital to work out what those allergies are. And they do tests on your young child, little drops they put on the arm and little pricks to see how the arm reacts to different things. So you go down to have your allergy tests. We went down to UCLH, which is a big hospital in the middle of London, to the uh, children's centre there, and they did all the tests. So Claire and I went down with Charlie, who would have been about probably three months old at this time. We sat in the waiting room. And we sat there for so long. It's packed and the doctor isn't coming out to see us. There's nobody coming out. Everyone else is going in. It's like three hours. And after three hours, the whole place is completely emptied. And the only two people left in there are Claire and I. And we are bored out of our mind. And the only thing in there to play or to look at or to, have, to enjoy is, is a Wendy house. And Claire went, I'm going to get in the Wendy house. I'm so bored. I'm going to get in the Wendy house. She goes and sits in this tiny Wendy house and sticks her head out of the window at me, at which point the doctor comes out and goes, Claire, where's Claire? We're looking for Claire. And then Claire sat in a Wendy house. <laughs> An empty room, head sticking out, going, oh, yeah, yeah, that's me, and had to sort of get out. And they go and have this consultation. I'm just going to finish this very tiny cup of tea, and then I'll come out and <laughs> Let me just give Mr. Teddy his Earl Grey and then I'll come in. Brilliant. I absolutely love it. I loved it. Bailey, I I feel your pain. I'm sorry that uh, you're getting to listen to uh, all these wonderful things that people are going to eat, but I promise you, you will be back eating those uh, blue cheese pizzas before long. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Thank you so much, guys, for sending this stuff in. Any other weird takeaway places you've seen around you, names that have caught your eyes, or a thing I think is quite interesting, weird menu offers and strange things in your local takeaways, wherever you live in the world, we'd love to hear about them. You can contact the show via our incredibly long-winded email address, which is hello at myfavoritetakeawaypodcast.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram on My Favorite Takeaway Podcast, and you can DM us there, slip into our DMs, send us something, and it might be featured on the show but we really appreciate your support. And also keep spreading the word and leave us a five-star review because it means so much to us and it really helps with the guests and all this sort of stuff. So thank you so much. Now, Sim, we have a brilliant chat coming up today, don't we? I absolutely loved yesterday. What We recorded this just yesterday afternoon and it was a real joy. Um, do you want to tell people who we've got coming up? So we have the Michelin-starred chef Atul Kocha. And uh, actually, Tom Allen ordered from his rest takeaway restaurant uh, in Bromley, I think it was, in our first series. True. It's our first record in a restaurant uh, yep. with a mission starred chef. He's a very um, polite, generous man. Uh, he's also a very patient guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, when we arrived, we were setting up. <laughs> Uttal arrived on time. Mortifying. And we said, oh, we'll just, just, just give us just a couple of seconds as we were f- finishing the setup. We went, absolutely fine. So he went away. And then some time passed, 5, 10, 15 minutes. And we were like, where's Atul? Why is he not coming? And we looked around and Atul was sitting in the corner, patiently waiting for us to bring him in whilst we were there waiting for him. Just to set the scene, it was either side of a swinging door. We were sat one side waiting for like half an hour for Atul Kutcher. The other side of this door, he was sat patiently on his own thinking, what the hell are these guys doing? So thank you so much for your patience there. But what a lovely, funny, great guy. And I just, I love chatting to him. And this is a brilliant episode, I think, uh, simply because this guy is 
such a talent, a genius. I mean, I haven't won a Michelin star. Have you, Sim? Not yet. Look how polite I am to check, at least. <laughs> uh, here, is, uh, here is Atul Kutcher. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Can I just say one thing before we start? We were served some masala chai just now. Which reminds me of home. So thank you for that. Oh, that's so sweet. Very sweet. And when I used to have it growing up, the milk solids in the chai would rise to the top to form a sort of skin. Yeah. And I couldn't handle that. (laughs) I found that it just creeped me out. My grandmother, on the other hand. Loves it. Loved it. She loved it. (laughs) That milk solid at the top. I had to pinch it and then just take it out. So tell us about masala chai. The first thing I wanted to ask you about. So masala chai, you know, Indians, I don't think were great tea drinkers in past. Uh, As British came along, I think we we learned how to drink tea. But we also found them very boring that they were drinking very (laughs) insipid tea, just water and some colored thing put in. The one thing the British are supposed to be good at, we weren't getting right. (laughs) No, you weren't. Definitely not. So we, we started throwing in ginger, cardamom. Some people would also like black pepper. And I think we Indians are quite good with spices. And there are spices for seasons. So you have spices for summer, you have spices for winter. Supposedly, they are supposed to cool your body in uh, summertime. And in wintertime, they're supposed to heat up your body. So things like cardamom cools you down. Things like ginger and black pepper heats up your body. So you will often find people across up and down the country putting ginger and black pepper uh, during the winter months in the tea. Whereas cardamom is more of a a summer thing. So are people basically creating their own tea by using mm. you know, whatever they choose. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's entirely personal thing, yeah. is it, chai yeah. tea? Can I also just say yeah. that's a more interesting description of tea than whether you put the milk in first. You yes. Which is <laughs> usually the only question English people ask about well, tea. Apparently, apparently it is milk in first. Milk in sure, first is whatever. apparently it correct. There's no, no cardamom in it, bro. <laughs> the test would be to see a roadside vendor, how he makes the tea. Obviously, the people who are tea experts they will score on it the way he makes the tea. But I, I would say one billion people in India drink tea from his store. So nothing wrong with that. For me, running a tea store would be my worst job because I hate it. We talked about this earlier when I offer to make people tea and they say yes. My heart absolutely sings. <laughs> I have such hope. Well, I don't really mean it. When I say to my friends, do you want a cup of tea? I'm really hoping they're going to go, no, I'm fine. So I'll, I'll tell you, I'll rescue you on that one. Okay, please do. Buy ready-made tea masala ah you know there's a chai masala which comes in a box you yeah. don't even need to add milk to it oh, right? really? you just add two teaspoons hot water 
boom, fantastic cup of tea comes out. I'm not going to promote the brand here. Okay. <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's a great, great thing. And, and you it, know, it holds I, up, I play safe yeah. like that because you know, Indians can be quite difficult with their tea. So I buy that. It's a really cheap and cheerful brand. Okay. Everybody thinks I'm a great tea maker. <laughs> but this is such a great hat. You know what? In my house... Everybody gets that. That's so. That's that so a good. My, my uncle is quite snobbish about tea, and he yeah. only have Lapsang Sushong, the second flush, or whatever. Oh, really? I'm like, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't even know what the second flush is, and you've told me already. <laughs> I've immediately forgotten it. Right. Um, we have uh, something even more exciting than mm-hmm. tea in front of us. Uh, we have amazing food. Your food has featured on the show before. We had Tom Allen on. Oh, okay. And we had food from... Indian Essence. Indian Essence. Indian Essence. Indian Essence. Yes. Tom, Tom, Tom is a regular there. Tom's yes, regular it is his yeah. favourite uh, restaurant and oh, takeaway. it's his favourite as well. Fantastic. Yeah, and it was amazing food there. And I'm really excited it's about it. It's very this. exciting. This is also the first time we've ever been in the presence of a Michelin star chef. Oh. So <laughs> this is pretty cool. I'm trying to be cool about it. Yeah. But I'm not cool in, in myself. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm going to need so some cardamom just to restore you're, you're saying you're feeling too hot. I'm feeling <laughs> way too hot. Way too hot. Way too hot. So let's get into, let's get into some spicy so food. Would you like to tell us what, what we have in yeah. front of us? What, okay. What we so uh, this, is, this is iconic chicken tikka pie. It was a moment that Eureka moment, you can call it. And yeah. everybody thinks that, what's the next dish I should create? Living in this country for about 30 years, I thought, you know, Brits love their chicken tikka masala. You can't take that away from them. Yeah. And they love their pies. Mm. Bring them together. So <laughs> it, is, it is mad. That is genuinely the first time I've ever seen a chicken tikka masala pie. And it Absolutely. does make sense that we should do See, that. See, I, I love chicken tikka. That is so true. But I, I always feel slightly awkward when I, when I order it in a restaurant. I sort of whisper it a little bit, but I love it. I think it's delicious, yeah. Well, I hope you find this one delicious. Let's crack it. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's, crack let's give it a go. Okay. Go for it. Yeah. Wonderful. So what sort of pastry is this then? This so is... we have used, we call it rough puff. So we make it ourselves with uh, with blade running. We don't we don't make layers and layers of it. We just oh make it. So, so it's a kind of Indian rough puff, you can call it. That is incredibly light, fluffy. But then when you, when the fork goes through it, it's crisp. And it's got an incredible golden brown colouring. And some lovely little... Detailing around the side. What's what, what? What the spice on top? Fennel and you got fennel, kalonji, which is onion seeds, and mm. cumin. Oh, that's good. And the chutney with that is just the wild berries, which we get in the season. That's, that's like a just a wild fruit of the forest. Mix, mixed berries. Mm. Yeah, uh, and no no sugar in that. So just their own sugar. That is beautiful. Are, are, you, are you a fan of a pie? Are you a fan of a? What's I'm your... a big fan of a pie. Okay. So I tell you, uh, lo- a lot of people say that as an Indian, how can you be fan of a pie? I said, well, we Indians are good kings when it comes to crispy things. Nobody right. can beat us. <laughs> Who can beat a good onion bhaji? Yeah. Or a samosa. And if you look at it, samosa is a pie. But no one can make a samosa at home. Have you I tried do. telling that to your grandma? Or your <laughs> My grandmother, my you'll be grandma, evicted. I'm telling yeah, you. I say that. My grandmother, we we live not we live very close to Tooting growing up, and my grandmother would get her samosas frozen, and she would deep fry them. <laughs> And then when my fr- English friends would come over, they'd be like, oh, this is homemade. And my grandma would go, yes, yeah, homemade. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. I'm so you would buy them frozen from the supermarket? Got them frozen from the supermarket and shoved them in. So you're buying your chai tea in a, in a sort of barrel. <laughs> your grandma is everything <laughs> that, that Indians, Indians have been faking it for a very long time. 
No Indian has ever actually cooked their own food or anything. Rishi Sunak is terrible at maths. That's why he's making everybody else learn. He doesn't have to. I actually do make samosas sometimes, but I use phyllo pastry. Is that what do you feel? That's not a bad thing, actually. Yeah, with a little bit of sort of oil Phyllo, and also you could use, you know, that wonton pastry. There are two types of samosa. One is, they call it North Indian samosa or Punjabi samosa, in which you have to make the pastry, roll it, fill it. It's a job. Whereas if you want to be quick, and if you had, let's say, chicken tikka masala leftover from the last night dinner, yeah, you chop it, make it smooth. And then if you have that wonton pastry, right, if you cut them into strips and put the mixture in one end, and then just roll it one over the other, so it becomes a triangle, perfect triangle. Uh. And then you seal it with a little bit of egg, fry it. Perfect samosa. It's, it's the perfect triangle thing I find really difficult when making samosas because no, I'm so I'm not mathematical in my mind. Okay. And After I'm, this it's, podcast, it's so erratic. Yeah. Like, it could be any shape. Islamic geometry <laughs> lessons. After this podcast, you're working in my kitchen. Today. <laughs> <laughs> at one point, I was making samosas. My, Claire, my wife, looked at me and said, "You're sweating on the samosa because <laughs> I was so stressed by working out the angles. It was it was coming off the end of my nose oh and my I was God. dripping on the samosa." <laughs> so, I thought you said you, you, you said then that. If you have leftover stuff, yeah. you, can, you can make things out of it. Now, obviously, Absolutely. we're obsessed with the takeaway food here. This country orders a lot of Indian takeaways. Yes. Do you ever order takeaways? And do you ever order Indian takeaways, even though you are, you are a chef who specializes in Indian food? Would you order Indian takeaways? What kind of thing would you order? I'll, I'll be, be lying if I said I don't order takeaways. And Indian <laughs> takeaways, yes, I do order. Honest answer is yes, we do order takeaways. I've got two teenagers. And they say, Dad, you're a cool chef. But you know the Lahori Kebab House next to us has got fantastic food. <laughs> we want to take away from there. It happens, so I, I do bring it. But my wife was pregnant with my first child, and uh, I came back home, and she said, "I don't feel like cooking." I said, "Fair enough." I was hungry. I'll go get a takeaway. She said, "I fancy Indian." Okay. After working nine hours in the kitchen, you you go and bring a takeaway from Indian restaurant. <laughs> so I go to this Lahori Kebab House. I ordered a massive takeaway because I got so pissed off. I said, I'll eat really well today. Had three or four bags in my hand and I turned around. There's a large Sikh family looking at me and smiling as a chef. This is where you get your inspiration from. That chef, he eats, see? The Indians don't know how to cook. He's getting his kebabs from his little takeaway. I've also heard he doesn't make his own chai tea as well. <laughs> yeah. as he but, but chefs must be, sorry, just, yeah. chefs must be quite nervous. If you're walking into a little... Yeah, exactly, kebab, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, exactly. like, I'd be pretty like, God, I've got to be on game here. I don't know. I've never asked anybody if he's scared of me. I don't look like scary, to be honest. But I often go... You are wearing a white chef suit that has your name in your chef's gold. When you're going in to collect your chef's gold. You're wearing your embossed gold name above it. That's the last thing you want to do. (laughs) And I I think uh, the guy who was cooking there, he couldn't be bothered. He had such a long queue of people waiting for the takeaway and he was just cooking away in his four little stoves. What would be your go-to when you're feeling very lazy and you're tired and you are getting an Indian takeaway? What would you get? And then as a a follow-up to that, what would you recommend people get? Personally, I absolutely love a very good dal and Mm. roti. Ticks all the boxes for me. Late night, if you're eating Indian food, I think you should go for grilled food. Grilled food and maybe whole wheat bread, roti rather than naan. And I think you will feel a lot better. You'll sleep better as well. Should we test our our, our Indian go-to delivery orders and see? You can choose whether Simran or I... (laughs) I'm nailing it. Okay, Let's this, do this it. is this is what I get. I like onion rice, which I've started okay, eating. So we have Simon Rimmer on, who had onion rice. It does make me a little bit how windy. Often, how often but do you I... <laughs> there, there, there are that many restaurants that are offering up onion rice. You right? have to ask. 
But if you say it in a confident enough sort of tone, they go, okay, we'll give it a go. No, you can you, 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 we'll you, you get it. Yeah. They, they charge a pound 50 extra for those onions, you know that? You do, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or, but, yeah. But you know those fried onions just come out of the packet. It's yeah. easy. Is it? <laughs> Hello, there's a theme here. Don't break the illusion. <laughs> then I get a lamb dan sack. Okay. okay. And I also like sag bhaji. Sa- sag bhaji as a fried one? No, or the as veg- in the, just the spinach. Veggie, yeah, yeah, spinach on its own. Yeah, and that's a great one. I, which I, I find is also makes me feel less guilty. It feels like it's yeah, not so unhealthy. Green. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of look at my wife and say, "Aren't I doing well? Look at me, Claire." <laughs> she rolls her eyes, and and then this is probably where you will roll your eyes yourself. I get peshwari naan with Ooh, it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. So that's me. I take it no dessert after that. No dessert. Yeah, no, that's no. It. Uh, what about you, sir? Uh, as an Indian house, we did order lots of Indian takeaways. We might get some samosas if there aren't samosas in the, in the house. We would get vegetable or lamb samosa. And then we would order, it would be grilled meat. So yeah. it would be grilled kebab, usually some kebab yeah. and then dal. And then, well, I don't know if I, I can't remember if I have a third dish. No, but what I would do, I, I would always get roti. I'd never usually get naan. I would not get a peshwari naan. No. I might no. though. My equivalent <laughs> of that might be, I might get a kima naan. I've never seen anyone order a kima naan. Well, the bread, I've, only, I've only ever seen it on a, on a menu, but I've never actually seen someone order it. The bread sort of it. slips away from the meat, and Does then you okay. just got to get this pancake. Don't, 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 don't knock off Peshawari naan. You know, 90% of the restaurants make shitload of money on Peshawari naan. I'm not saying, fools I, like I'm me. Not saying it's good for revenue. <laughs> it might be a revenue-making ingredient, <laughs> revenue-making product on the menu, but it's not to my taste necessarily. <laughs> Um, and then I will get a, a lassi of some. Uh, lassi of oh, some, really? Yeah. Okay. So, so I think <laughs> who wins? I think we all know the answer to this. But which are you? Uh... I think you win. You yeah, win. I think, yeah, I think so. I think you win as well. I think you'd be. That's exactly right. Genuinely delighted with that. Um, right. Should we, should we move? Yes. On to the let's move on. Let's move on. We so have, got um, this... what, what's this? So these are uh, lamb chops. Very well received in our restaurant. People absolutely love it. Try it. It says uh, the marination is quite. Simple. Oh, these look good. Amazing. And are these are these with pickled onions, pickled onions and yeah. cherry tomatoes? Or no, they are they are also pickled onions. Oh, these are also oh, wow. pickled onions that look Sil- like cherry silver skin onions. Yeah, they look like the sort of cherry on a cherry bakewell. So they have they, been yes, they, 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 they have been pickled uh, in beetroot juice. So that's mm. why they're red. Well, that is good. What's the art to good grilled meats? I personally feel that you know you got to choose the cut of the meat properly. So there are meats that that are good to go. On open flame, there are meats that need to go in a pot to cook for a very long time. That's how I would uh, advise people. And marination is quite personal. Yeah, it's like what kind of color of clothes you'd like to wear. So you choose your spices, the ones you like. There's not a single combination, I'll tell you, that doesn't work on meats. Or there's a combination that you should stay away from. Or, or a combination that says, wow, that's fantastic. It's all bound to taste. Personally, what I like is I always like a good bit of ginger garlic paste in there. A little bit of mustard oil, which brings smokiness it brings the smokiness in the meat and then powdered spices i like to use coriander powder quite a lot i love coriander powder red chili sparingly there's no need for dosing the kebab with the chili or the grilled meat with the chili because you will lose the flavors the chili will take over your brain absolutely your this has heat but it's a really it's satisfying a sort of, of heat, isn't it? warmth in the mouth it's it balances out it's really lo- lovely balance, heat balance, yeah. and what what's what's in the marinade of this in terms of the ingredients you take the ingredients yeah. so mustard paste yeah coriander yeah. Red chili and a little bit of yogurt and ginger garlic. Oh, lovely. Really simple, but straight. I have a question about mustard seeds. If I if I put... <laughs> just if, a, I, I never thought I'd hear you say that. When I cook... <laughs> not the mustard seeds question <laughs> again, Simran, sorry. I'll ask it every episode. Lou Sanders is struggling on the mustard seeds question. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I, I d- you should take a teaspoon of mustard seeds and put them in hot oil. Mm-hmm. And then when they start to crackle, I throw in the onions. But sometimes I don't hear the crackle. And then I'm like, going, when is it going to crackle? When is it going to crackle? And then I lose <laughs> patience. Is there a skill here? Is there, so, a, yeah, there, there, there is a, definitely a skill here. So, you know, most of the people, when well, they get their curries wrong or their Indian recipes wrong, what you're doing is absolutely correct. In the hot oil, you have to throw the whole spices and allow them to crackle. Because every spice has got an essential oil in it. The hot oil actually pops them open and drags the essential oil into the cooking oil. That cooking oil becomes the carrier of the flavor across the dish you're cooking or across the sauce you're cooking. And if those mustard seeds didn't pop, your mustard oil actually didn't come out. So you have to have the oil at a good temperature so, before you put anything yeah. in. I think we sometimes another lazy thing I do sometimes, is I'll put the oil in, I'll start to heat it up and I'll go, I'll just stick it in now. And it's kind of rather than waiting probably till it's kind of heated up. Yeah, so don't get impatient or intoxicated and add the spices very quickly. Yeah. Just wait. Let the oil become really hot. Drop one one speck of coriander or cumin or whatever you're going to fry and see if that splurts open. And that's the time you add the bunch of it. And if in your case, if you've added and it hasn't happened, especially in the mustard seed, find the lid for the pan and put the lid. There's a pressure created in the pan and, and it starts it popping. Pop. And then talk, can you talk to us a bit about onions? Because <laughs> onions are a key part of any curry yep. Yep. to develop the flavor. Yep. And usually when people ask me as if I know what I'm doing when it comes to curry, which I don't really, I do always say about cooking the onions because I remember my grandmother cooking them for about 15 minutes until yep. they were almost black. <laughs> and I think people don't usually think about that. They sort of just do the onions as if they were cooking, I don't know, a, a bolognese or something. So uh, the, the story with onions is long ago, Indians, most of the Indians were vegetarians. They didn't have bones or meat or blood to color or thicken the sauces. So they relied on onions. So for time immemorial, Indians have been sorting onions till they're translucent to make white colored sauces, which are like kormas. Onions are sorted till they are light brown in color with the help of tomatoes. They achieve red color sauces, which are like tikka tikka masala sauce. And then you fry the onions, they are deep brown in color to get sauces like Rogan Josh or Windel. You don't cook your onions to the right color or the right consistency. You won't get the consistency of the sauce and the flavor of the sauce and the desired result you're looking for. So cooking of onions is the key. So if you want to cook Indian food, you've got to know your onions. Oh, God, that is... That is... That is... Oh, my God. That's, I was literally hanging off every single word. Yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely better than anything we said in three series, Simran. <laughs> if Uncle said, now walk with me off into Hades, I'd be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I, I, I would say, absolutely, the onion is absolutely my favourite vegetable in terms of it, what you can do with it. Yeah. And I think a slow-cooked finely chopped caramelised onion is, is just, for me, the best flavour. I think it's yeah. just incredible, that sweetness. I just, I love it so much. I could just eat a bowl of, sort and, of slowly. And, and also, I'll add to this, that in the UK, we are quite spoiled for choice. So you yeah. get white onions, yellow onions, mm. brown onions, pink onions, green yeah. onions. For cooking Indian food, British brown onions are the best. Yeah. So do not go for red onions. They have more sugar. Do not go for white onions. They have less sugar. Do not go for yellow onions because they don't have the right flavor. Yeah. Green onions, anyway, are not good for cooking anyway. What do you think about the fact that when I'm cutting our onions, Simran knows this, I wear what are essentially swimming goggles in the kitchen to stop myself from crying. My uh, wife's godfather bought me some for Christmas. They're swimming goggles with little sort of feathers that come out the side. And I do wear them when I'm chopping onions. Thoughts on that as a professional chef? Do you see that much in your kitchen? People in swimming <laughs> 
<laughs> How many of your chefs wear swimming goggles when they come None down? of them. I think I think they all have lost their tears now because <laughs> <laughs> they have been peeling onions for so long. But one of one of the biggest trick with the onions is you know the the root part of it. Never be in a hurry to cut it out yeah. because that's where all the gases come out from and they make you cry. Ah. So when you're chopping onions, keep the root with you all the time. Start cutting it from the tail end, not not the head end. Another trick is if you put the onions in fridge for two hours before you chop them, those gases are subdued. They don't come out that quickly. Really? At the room temperature, they come out like that and make you cry. Especially on a hot day, you will feel that onion will make you cry like hell. Okay. Whereas on a cold day, it's actually okay to chop onions. Well, well, well. God, that is interesting. So let's go back to your childhood. You grew up in, in India, is yes. that right? Yes. Did you have takeaway food growing up there? Did you have street food? What, what was your experience with takeaway food or was, was it all cooked in the home by your, your no family? it was it was big takeaway the street food was the biggest part of growing up to right. be honest so when dad would come home mum mum also worked and as mum will start making dinner and there will be few things that needed to be brought from the market and me my younger brother and dad will go to the market but we'll have our snacks golgappas alu tiki and stuff like that while dad is shopping we'll have all that and then come home and mum will cook whatever we have brought home. Got you. You mentioned these, these street food snacks that people might not be familiar with. What, what, what were these particular so, dishes Golgapa, that you really Gol- loved as a child? Golgapa is a pastry. It's a, it's a kind of ball, wheat ball, in which you would fill in spicy potatoes, uh, maybe chopped onions, chickpeas. And then there's a tangy water, jaljeera, which is called, which is made with toasted cumin, tamarind water. And you dip into that bowl, so you fill that. And then the whole thing goes into your mouth and it should explode in your mouth. It's a sensational thing. We do it here once in a while. I'm sure you know about mm, it. Pani puri. Yeah, Some pani people puri, call it yeah. pani puri as well. Oh, yes. You know, I, I'm aware of that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ah, okay. Pani puri. So, yeah. it, so that, that, that's a very straightforward chart. We call it chart is a kind of larger word for salad in India for street food. And then pakoras, bhajis, what you call it. Alu tikis, again, the potato cakes, which are pan fried on flat griddle. Lots of ghee. Right. <laughs> and then there's a slight, a small chickpea curry to go on the side. So growing up, at what point did you realize, I'm quite good at this. <laughs> I want to be a chef. I, I, I could dedicate my life to cooking Indian food. So I, I grew up in Jamshedpur. My grandfather was a baker and he was summoned by British, that time British were ruling India, from Punjab to come to Jamshedpur because Second World War broke up and they had prisoners of war camp near Jamshedpur and also allied armies were stationed there. They needed more bakers in, in the town to bake bread for them. So that's how they migrated and my dad, my granddad decided to stay back. My dad professionally was an engineer, uh, got motivated to look at his father-in-law being a great baker. He started a catering business. I grew up looking at these two men in an era when every Indian child was being pushed into either medical school or engineering school and if they were really useless into accounting school. <laughs> No offense to my nephews, two, two of which are accounts, accountants, they do listen to this podcast. Yeah, but they're not Indians, so it's okay. Oh, that's true. Okay. There's successes in your family's eyes, failures in ours. <laughs> I'm proud of you, uh, just to let you know. Uh, We're not. Job, so, yeah, yeah. so I decided to bring the news to my dad saying that I, I would like to go to hotel school. He was quite happy. He said, look, do what you want to do. My parents were quite open-minded and they were quite ahead of time. And my dad helped me choose the college as well. He said, your family comes from North India. You grew up in East. Why don't you go and explore South of India? It'll do really good to you, especially with food and culture. Yeah. Oh. And that was the brilliant advice. So I went to Chennai to study. And while studying hotel degree, year one, when I entered the kitchen, I felt at peace. I thought, this is me. 
I know. Oh, that's so cool. I know, yeah, this is fantastic. so cool. And I absolutely loved it and never looked back. So obviously, naturally, I focused a lot more on cooking and subjects which mm. were related to cooking, nutrition and things like that. And never looked back. Shall we let's, uh, let's try the these prawns? Yes. Yes. Um, those uh, lamb chops were incredible. Absolutely amazing. I love the, the heat behind them. We've got... Prawn? Yeah, tell, tell us what these are. So, yeah. so these prawns are, uh, we call it malai prawn. So right. malai means cream. Naturally, they have been marinated in cream and very mild spices. So cardamom comes into play and ajwain comes into play. But that chutney is something. It's a chutney made with mustard leaves. I mean, this is this is fantastic. The, the prawn is very light. The, the mustard chutney has a, it's almost perfect. Spicy. Yeah, and, and it's very, it's really fragrant. I really, really like that a lot. And it's been really lovely charred on the tail, which is which gives it that smokiness, which I think is great. Mm. Yes, that's amazing. Oh. Absolutely delicious. So when you decided to move to London, did you order a lot of takeaways? Obviously, I migrated. I was 23, 22, something when I came to this country. I was staying at Bayswater, sharing flat with my sous chef. And those days I was working six days because we were short-staffed and I loved working, being in the kitchen. So and which mind. restaurant were you working in at that point? Uh, so I came to open a restaurant called Tamarind in Mayfair. That's where I oh, got. So when you moved here, you very quickly opened up a restaurant. That's what. You so uh, it wasn't mine. I was I was Are you, hired okay. to open that restaurant uh, by, okay. by the owners of Tamarind, and we became the first Indian restaurant to get a Michelin star in two thousand one. Yeah. Wow, that's a good high for yeah. them, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just done well there. That's a good high. <laughs> so staying in uh, Bayswater, uh, it was surrounded by. Uh, if you have been to Queensway, there, there are loads and loads of restaurants, and it was. Italian places and the kebab shops and the usual high street restaurants were there. And living alone, what do you do? You don't want to cook at home. I always had takeaways. Yeah. Yeah. Always. So what sort of things were you ordering then what, what, when you say you always had takeaways? Often pizza. Greek food once in a while. There was Turkish kebabs shops. So yeah. I used to have a lot of Turkish food. I loved it. It was fantastic. I'm biting the tongue, but I'll say it. I had the fried chicken as well. Oh, <laughs> okay, great. Okay. So let's, let's, let's talk about the pizza first. Yeah. So what's your, what's your pizza of choice? What's your takeaway pizza of choice? I love mushrooms. So the four mushroom pizza. Four mushroom pizza. Oh, wow. I haven't <laughs> seen that. Is that, that a special sort of need-to-know chef's pizza? <laughs> no, I, think, I think they were they were making that in the season. They had this four mushroom pizza. Oh, wow. or, what kind of mushroom do they call me? Girolles and that kind of stuff. No, I pizza. don't think so. I think I think it was field mushrooms. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have that much money for Girolles, but they were they were like they would use some shiitake, of course. Okay, yeah. Uh, nice. They had they had field mushroom, uh, button mushrooms. Mushroom was my thing. I absolutely love. So I'm it. guessing that's not so. Domino's by the sound of things. That's going to be you're going I, a nice stone think, baked pizza. You're going. I think for it was there. Bella Pasta. If I'm not wrong. Bella, Bella Pasta. Oh, Bella Pasta. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Love that. I love so. taking away pizza from Bella Pasta. And, then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. when the pizza arrived, do you? Because we have some listeners tell us how they reheat their pizzas quite often when they arrive. They'll either shove it back in the oven or. They have a specific sort of idiosyncrasy around how, how, how they eat their takeaway pizza. Is there anything that you do that you'd say is a little weird? So back in the day, I'll be honest, if it was cold, I'll have another beer and eat the pizza. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that the art? If you drink enough, it doesn't matter what tummy tastes like. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I wasn't so fussy. Keep drinking because I can't taste anything, then I eat the pizza. Six days of hard work, you can't be fussing about food that day. Yeah. I, last thing I wanted to go, to go into my little kitchen and switch on the oven... I think I lived there for six years in that flat, and I can count on my fingers if I had cooked six or seven times on that kitchen. Wow. No, never bothered. A cup of tea, and I was out of that house. I think some people have this image of chefs coming home, and then at three in the morning, they're there in their kitchen like a lab, working away new, new dishes. <laughs> this wasn't the case to you. You're just there cracking open a beer and having a pizza. Yeah, <laughs> really. 
<laughs> What's wrong with that? Nothing wrong with that. You know, when, when I saw Gordon Ramsay put in three million pound worth kitchen in his house, I said, what a waste of money. <laughs> you wouldn't be cooking there, Gordon, for yourself, that's for sure. <laughs> so is that still the case now? So like, if, if you're working a shift in one of your, you know, one of your restaurants, first of all, are, are you eating when you're working? in your restaurant or what, what, what is the sort of so we, we normally eat before the service oh, the you? whole team sits down and eat before the service is it, so is it food that's on the menu or you, is it something no there's a staff food being staff food, staff so, food. so what, what would be staff food then for example what would you eat before so we, we would normally have a, a rice dish uh, maybe a curry yeah. uh, or sometimes they would make a pasta for themselves they, they have fried fish as well so depending on because we have multicultural team we have to keep everyone happy so there are curries only two days by law Otherwise, it'll be a bit too much. Uh, Sorry, what's that? By, by law, they can... By law, by my law. Oh, your law. <laughs> Come on, Tom. So, when we, I took that so literally. Yeah, the government have got wow. more things to worry about. Yeah, than absolutely. Than a law pertaining to a... You didn't think Rishi Sunak made that law. He's <laughs> <laughs> at the top of his agenda after breaking the law and out of peace yeah. process. <laughs> that comes second. <laughs> the first is how many curries allowed? Well, Indian, Indian, Indian restaurant staff can have curries only twice a week. No more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So we've got your pizza order you were mentioning there. You also mentioned fried chicken then. Mm. So, I mean, as much as there's that sort of guilt around fried chicken, I think the nature of it is changing a lot. That's actually the quality of fried chicken you can get it's now. It's really improved, is, is isn't it? I think, and the, yeah. the flavours and the coating and the heat, heat and all this sort of stuff. There's, there it, are some really good places yeah. now. But what, what was your sort of go-to guilty takeaway at that point then, if it was, if it was fried chicken? What it were was you fried having? chicken. Yes, it was. With chips and dips, or what were you? How were you? Everything. Everything. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, I, okay. So, okay. We're, talk me through how you're eating it. Have you got a drumstick, a thigh? Have you got a preference of a? You sat on your sofa. No, my, my own food doesn't taste good now. You started talking about fried chicken. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> we should have ordered that too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So are you? Are you sat? Yeah. This is good. I sat think, on sofa watching sit, telly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, nice packet. I won't tell you how many pieces, but there has to be. Is <laughs> the word bucket I, involved in it? That's <laughs> Maybe. And, okay. and is the bucket, Once or twice. Are, are you eating out of the bucket or receptacle, whatever it is, or are you putting it onto a plate? No, no, no from the bucket. From the bucket. You don't okay. want a plate for from that. From the bucket. And then are you dipping the fried chicken into a condiment or are you having it just clean? So normally they would give a cheese dip or something. I used to love that. If it was really sizzling hot and warm, I... I just okay. want to get in. And so you're not doing any like chefy things to the fried chicken. You're just eating it straight. And are you, no, are you, come on. Are you fried chicken is a fried chicken. chicken. Love it. Are I you, love the purity of it. Are you crying and thinking, what am I doing with my life when you're eating it as well? Because what I do when I'm eating fried chicken is sort of tear down my cheek thinking I've let myself down again. No, I, I think I, I always think that life is so good, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Um, oh, so one question. Yeah. Are you drinking anything with it at the same time? Like, do, do you have a preference for a drink with a takeaway? With fried chicken, I am never bothered, to be honest, whether I need yeah. a beer or just a glass of water would do, to be honest. But alcoholic drink, I never paid anything with that. But with yeah. pizza, hey, you have to you have, have, to have a very beer with chilled pizza. peroni with that. Very chilled beer with a pizza, like Absolutely. that. Do you yeah. think there's a reason food being served in a bucket hasn't caught on in other cuisines? What are your feelings towards food being served in a bucket? Mm, now you're giving Which me is very specific to chicken, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. If you only got a bucket of Indian food or a bucket of whatever, it feels... It's not a bucket of curry, is it? That just doesn't feel... Never say never, there's a business idea in there. There is a business idea in there. Yeah, we did that. Size of bucket, depending on how hungry I tell you one thing that Simon Rimmer said when he did the podcast. He's, Simon said that he leaves pizza, just to go back to pizza, he said pizza's overnight, doesn't put it inside the fridge, and will then have it the next morning. What's your cleanup situation after a takeaway? Are you 
Are you like in your kitchen where you wipe everything clean so there's no evidence of the takeaway the next day? Or if it's very late at night and you're very tired, let's just say this, this is you back in your flat days, would you just leave it out? So you're, you're talking about my flat days. Not, flat days, Not yeah. my married days. I think married days, I would assume. You, you know what I do on married days. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure it's cleaned up completely. You, I think <laughs> <laughs> so flat days, yeah, there, there were days that you were so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just barely made it to your room. <laughs> So who cares if the pizza was left out there? Face down by a bucket. And I, in I, your think, I, I think Simon River was trying to show that he had this gastronomic treat next day. No, he was too pissed <laughs> to put that in the fridge. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, that's absolutely. This food is delicious. Incredible. Yeah, the prawns, this is really the good. Fantastic. Incredible. So, what about Chinese food? What's your take on that is it something you eat much of is it something you'd ever get a takeaway of or I, I love Chinese food so growing up in India other than Indian cuisine Chinese cuisine was the only thing that was available okay at that time now you've got the whole world there so I grew up eating a lot of Chinese food but Chinese food that also was part of Indian culture because there were a large proportion of Chinese people about 300 plus years ago migrated from China to India and they were they were from I don't know what region they were from but they were called Hakka Chinese and their food is very spicy. I think living in India for that many years, a few generations, they have adapted to Indian flavors as well. So when I came here and I went to Chinatown thinking that, oh, Chinese food, and I ate Chinese food, I said, this is not Chinese. What the <laughs> hell is this? <laughs> then I realized, no, no, this is real Chinese. What we had was Indo-Chinese, so I need to, uh, I need okay. to figure out. So the Chinese food you'd have uh, back in India is completely different to what we get here. It's quite different. Because obviously here it's, it's, it's a westernized version once again, so it would be very different to what's back in China. Absolutely. I suppose. So I, I think so too. I think so. But I think, you know, given that the kind of palate British people have, uh, what we have grown with uh, over these years, I think we, we will remain quite close to what the original country would be making. Mm-hmm. I, I have experienced that for many foods, Peruvian food, for example. Yeah, Mexican food. So the way people eat in Mexico, we are quite close to that. Whereas if you eat Indian food in China, I'm sure if you've never had it before, you'll be quite confused that what I'm eating. So what sort of dishes would you get Chinese food in India? What, what would you get? Perhaps the same names. Right. But they will, they, the treatment would be slightly different. So they would, be, they would have used a lot more spices in there. Ah. So they would have used coriander powder, they would use cinnamon, things that China okay. also uses, but yeah. to much more, use, yeah. much more intensity, to be honest. If I ordered... A lemon chicken, for example. I was used to of looking at a star anise as well there, but there was no star anise here. So where's my star anise? I like that flavor, but it's not there because it was used only in India. Certain chicken recipes, like stir-fried chicken recipes, which had very strong flavor of cinnamon in there, and they, they don't use cinnamon here at all. So I think those flavors, I had to get used to of it. That, no, no, this is more closer to what China would cook, but good, enjoy this as well. But Chinese food here, takeaways were fantastic. What would you get? What would be your sort of I, go-to? Let's, let's step through it again. I, I, I would go for stir-fried noodles. Chili chicken was something which I mm. always liked it. it was, if it was in the afternoon, then I would go for lemon chicken and rice. And then duck, duck pancakes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And thoughts, thoughts on a prawn cracker? You have to have it. You have oh, to, yeah. well, okay. we, we, we have an ongoing have debate have between a prawn cracker and uh, what was it? It's a Thai well, 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 it's 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 prawn cracker, which is a spicier... <laughs> thinner version or the thick Chinese prawn cracker yeah. so I'm all about the thick Chinese prawn cracker I like the heft to it I like it to be basically a bit of edible cutlery that's what yeah. I want whether a Chinese takeaway is going to turn up with the prawn crackers is my main worry in life even more so than the uh, the future of my children <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely with you I'm definitely with you because 
those thick prawn crackers are the one that decides how good that Chinese meal is going to be. Absolutely. Oh, yes. <laughs> absolutely right. So you would hit the thick prawn cracker over the, the, the thinner, uh, more orangey. Yeah, I, I, I think the thinner one is a later version of it. And yeah. somebody has tried to be more gastronomic and trying to win Michelin stars with the takeaway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing more satisfying, I find, with the Chinese than you cracking open that plastic bag. Now, I don't know anyone when they crack open that plastic bag isn't just ripping it. But have you seen people who have undone the knot? No, I, I rip them. I rip them. You rip yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. You, I presume you rip them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the only way to do it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know why. What's but the that, that slightly translucent one is I think really disappointing. The one where you can see you the can person see the you're eating yeah. with through. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I can see the out, if I can see basically the rule is if I can see the outline of my wife through the prawn cracker, then it's it's too thin a prawn cracker. And that's not a comment on my wife. She's lovely. <laughs> Sorry, but um, yeah, it's because the other person thin. is looking at you and says, "Oh no, you've taken that one as well." That's unfair. Um, one thing we always talk to guests about because it are sort of weird pleasures and weird flavor combinations that people enjoy. So one of the things I really enjoy, which Simran can't get his head around, is I like salt vinegar crisps, Oreo cookies and milk. I know it sounds crazy, but that is something I really, really enjoy. Are there sort of little snacks or strange things that you eat? that you very, kind of- very strange. And everybody scratch their head when I do that. Okay. It's pepperoni and strawberries together. Wow. Really? That Re- is really weird. <laughs> I think I need to leave now. <laughs> I didn't think you could get weird in the, in the salt and vinegar, Chris. I guess Chris and biscuits make sense, but pepperoni and strawberry. I don't know <laughs> why. Pepperoni like as in the pepperoni stick that you would get in, or, or good pepperoni. Good pepperoni. Good pepperoni. Good pepperoni. Okay, okay, of course. Yeah, yeah, good strawberry. Okay, so, good so talk us through this. <laughs> There's nothing to talk. You know, I, I, perhaps it happened in the, one of the most weird moments when I was living alone and. There wasn't much to eat that day, and I didn't fancy going out, so had pepperoni, strawberry, and a few other things. So I just cut some pepperoni, cut some strawberry, and maybe a few slices of cheese here and there. And that's all I was having, and I thought, hmm, actually it tastes good. And I got addicted to it. Quite badly, I think I, I offered it to a couple of friends, and they said, you're weird, man. <laughs> I, I can just imagine that now in the sh- in, in, in he, he's he's designing his new menu for his new restaurant, yeah. and once again he's trying to put pepperoni no, it's not and, and strawberry and on the menu. Thankfully, doesn't make uh, entry to any Indian kitchen. So. <laughs> we we could just add some strawberry. Uncle, please, enough with the strawberry and pepperoni. I'm thinking, I mean, could this be the new pineapple and ham? Could it be the new pizza topping? Possible. It could be, maybe. Pizza Let's see. I think with yeah, pepperoni I think and enterprise. Pizza Express is listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so pepperoni and strawberry. Anything else that you enjoy that you think is a little bit unusual and a bit sort of? No, I think this is the most weird. Idea. That's yeah. enough. Is it okay? <laughs> wow. Can I just say, as this food is arriving, it is the most vibrant, beautiful-looking <sighs> stuff. There's an incredible. Oh, that dal looks great. Creamy. Array of luscious, main courses coming in here. Silky. Fucking oh, hell. This is, uh, this is categorically one of the best days of my life. <laughs> this is so good. It really yeah, is Those amazing. green chilies, are whole green chilies. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fr- and fried. Oh. Wow. What is this yo- yogurty, very light, yeah, so creamy? Yeah, t- t- take, take us through um, what, what's being put down in front of us here. Jatin, do you want to tell us? Oh, closest to uh, Chef, we have the, uh, well, the famous chicken tikka masala. Then uh, goat rogan josh. So goat is quite prominent in our part of the world because we, we don't have lamb. And for me, it's one of my favorite meat. You have prawn malai over here, pineapple writer, uh, Atul's signature black dal, and over here we have a very fragrant aromatic saffron pulao rice. This has chives and pomegranate on it. That's chives right. and pomegranate, yeah. 
And uh, over here we oh, have chili cheese naan and some kulchas. Peshawari naan. That's the Peshawari naan. Peshawari and naan. over here we have a little bread basket as well with this some more roti and uh, naan. Oh. So what, what should we start with then? What, what, what would you recommend yeah. we give a go first? Yeah, so I, I personally prefer to eat a little bit of bread with whatever curry you want first. Okay, yeah. Uh, and rice always as the second part of the starch. This is how we were taught at home purely because the plate is quite clean. And if you start eating with rice, then it got all seem smeared up. Okay, so I'm going to go for this chicken. This classic chicken. So I don't. I don't think I've had a chicken tikka masala for a very long time. Yeah, you start. You you uh, you do the chicken tikka masala, and I'll okay. try this. Yeah. I would have said you haven't had chicken tikka masala when you were sober. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 this is. So you, you're obviously quite a fan of the sort of the British anglicised curries, should we say things like this? You think it's uh, yeah. You know, when in, when I came and new in this country, and I thought. I, I had a laugh at it. I thought, wow, there's a there's a way of eating Indian food in this country, and which I obviously I didn't know anything about. Yeah. So I had to learn that way. This chicken tikka masala is amazing. It's very creamy, and it's got a lovely gentle spice to it. It's also very orange. It's got a lovely sort of burnt orangey color. Tomatoes. Yeah, is, it, is that it? It's mm-hmm. tomatoes. I mean, have you done anything special to those tomatoes? No, it's uh, basically the the mother sauce on the back of it is called makhani. And it's made with tomatoes. So you just take tomatoes, ginger, green chili, and garlic, and very little water. And you let it cook for two or three hours, depending on the quantity. And the tomatoes, I, I use the word like, let tomatoes melt. They disintegrate completely. And then you blend it, strain it, and you add spices that time to it. So kasuri methi is a fenugreek leaf powder, not seed powder, seed leaf powder, red chili powder, and garam masala. These are the only spices that go in. And then you add butter and a little bit of honey, tad bit of honey. Oh, wow. To bring the sweetness, mm. to balance the sourness oh, of the time. Oh, that's great. It's just amazing. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. And, and this and goat curry, so what's in, what's in that? That's beautiful as well. Goat it's curry. It's so soft. So is that, has that been slow cooked for quite a while? Yeah. Yeah. So it's mostly leg leg meat is used. Yeah. And that part of goat, goat being more wild, it exercises more. So it's got slightly tougher meat. Right. So yeah. you have to cook on slow heat for a very long time. So again, that going back to my onion theory that you have to cook the onions to the right consistency mm, before yeah. you add the protein to it and then cook it through. So you say when, when you first tried these anglicised curries when you came across it, what were your feelings towards them? Did you did you immediately take to them? Or coming from India, did it feel... Coming, mm. coming from India, it was quite a different feeling. I had not eaten anything like that that time. I think I can't remember the name of the restaurant. It was Red Fort or something, which was quite good. You know, it was considered yeah. quite a good restaurant that time. But they said this is one of the best British curry houses if you want to go to. I quite like the food, but I just felt that there's a huge connection missing. I started cooking pretty much like an Indian chef would do, you know, how we would cook in India that time. Yeah. And I, we, we got a lot of accolades and we, we got patted our backs for, for doing what we were doing. But as time went by, I, I felt that, you know, I have no direction and I'm getting bored with this. That was the time I needed to reconnect. That's the time my dad came into this country to visit me. He looked at my food. He said, you know, are you really connecting well? Because if you're not connecting with people and you're not connecting with the cuisine here and also connecting with the ingredients here, you are going to get bored and you're going to enjoy living here and cooking here. And that was the best piece of advice he gave me again. I started looking into ingredients which were not mine, essentially. You know, they were British ingredients. Cooking with sweet, for example. Not cooking with goat, but cooking with proper lamb. Mm. Cooking with monkfish not pomfrey. So all those things yeah. actually changed my food. But that's really interesting because I would have thought if you said you, you were finding it difficult to connect, I would assume that 
that means that you were using ingredients that were brought in brought in yeah whereas what you're saying is to find that connection you actually used ingredients that were unfamiliar to you so how, how did that happen what, what, what was the change there so I, I needed a new challenge I needed yeah. to grow my food and I needed to go to another level rather than just cooking that mundane cooking every day and just making money and going home that was not the job I wanted so when my dad said that you know have you heard of a chef called Gordon Ramsay and he has opened a restaurant and he's got a monkfish on his menu and he says he calls it monkfish curry when was this this was 99 I think okay and Gordon had just broken away from Marco Pia White yeah. and started his own restaurant and all that so there was quite a vibrant London re- yeah. restaurant scene it was quite quite yeah a lot of things were happening that yeah. time I knew about Gordon, but you didn't know him. Yeah. And then I realized that actually Gordon eats at Tamarind once in a while. Oh, right. So met him, said hello. And and then also he, he was quite nice. He said, come and eat with us one day. So I went to eat in his restaurant. It was very nice. The food was just out of this world. And eating out and also connecting to people like him uh, was mind-opening exercise for me. Mm. And I think my dad's words were the <clears throat> most important thing. That he said, you know, you're sitting on the fence. You're neither out of India, you're nor here. So what are you doing? So you need, you need to just open up your eyes. And he gave the classic example. He said, you know, you're a Punjabi boy born in East India. You, you were absolutely in tune with East India. I sent you to South India. You were absolutely in tune in South India. What happened to here? Why are you failing? I'm like, you're absolutely right. So I asked my fishmonger if I could go on a fishing boat and learn how, how the fish is caught here. I worked with my butcher to learn, understand what different types of meat we cook in this country or have in this country. And what different types of cuts. Worked in a farm and learned what grows in which season. Mm. And that kind mm-hmm. of gave me an absolutely new thinking. I think that put me on different track altogether. All and then you sort of started creating dishes that were more personal to you off the back absolutely. of that, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, from very traditional chef, I suddenly became a modern British Indian chef. Well, this food is amazing. This is sort of a mushroom prawn. What, what is this? So it's a, it's a, uh, he said it's a Malai curry. So it's a Eastern uh, Calcutta. But it has kind mushrooms of... through it, doesn't it? No. No, no is it not? No mushrooms. Am I completely, what, what am I mm. picking up there that feels? Coconut? No, fried onions. Fried onions. And prawns. I've completely missed that. Um, and this dal is, I think, probably the, the best dal I've ever had. It's, <laughs> a, it's unbelievable. Mm. So the, this black dal recipe uh, is my family recipe. So my grandma... And then my mom. So they, they, it's a, honestly, it's a, it's a very simple recipe. Also makes it very hard to criticize if it's your family. Yeah, recipe. please don't. <laughs> 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 it's so lovely. It's so comforting. It yeah, it's such a. It's it's quite rich. I will. Yeah. It's a proper Punjabi oh, fare. Incredible. Isn't that it? is good. Yeah. Also, that you've kept you've really kept good. the the lentils are quite full, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. So you mm. so often with the dal, it's really blitzed down. No, but it's, this, you've this, kept this one. This, this has got the character that it'll stay like that. Oh, that you is really cook great. Slowly, it just it should splurt open. That is rich. Yeah. And finally, I, I was slammed earlier for Peshwari naan. Was I? I feel. I feel. I was. I don't think Atul was slamming you as much as I was. No, it was more sympathetic. Well, I, I was Phenomenal. saying. I was saying. Don't say bad things about it. We make a lot of money on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, it. that's it. But I feel like you're saying it with this sort of reluctance. <laughs> we make a lot of money on it. Doesn't scream heart and soul. Ninety-nine percent of our profit is Peshwari Nam based. But uh, yeah, but it's, it's absolutely beautiful. This food is Give just the English what they want. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's one final dish that we haven't tried what, what is this dish here pineapple right i think he said oh okay, pineapple, wow that's amazing so go on tom how 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 was the peshwari of all the peshwari that you've had oh it's so good it's so <laughs> good 
Matt Pineapple um, Rogers, lovely. You have, I'll tell you why I think you're not. The charring is beautiful. Yeah. There's a slight crunch. I love that. I think Peshaw, I know when it's done badly, can sometimes feel almost a little bit soggy. Mm. Uh, I think that maybe might be when there's too much desiccated coconut on it or something. What is it with the filling in Peshaw? Well, for me, the filling, filling should be more almond, raisin, and ah, okay. very little bit of coconut to give the body okay. to hold it together. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's yeah. not too heavy with the coconut. Yeah. It's just, it's absolutely beautiful. This food is Okay, so let's, phenomenal. let's, let's go through it. Well, well, actually, Tom, why don't you pick your favourite dish? dish? I have a favourite dish. It is this goat. Goat curry? Goat curry is my favourite dish. Okay. Um, you like I it? love the softness of it. It's so... It's just lovely. It's just absolutely beautiful. Obviously, the Peshwari naan. I have to give a big <laughs> shout out to the Peshwari naan. But those are my two. I, I really do like the, the buttery flavour of the chicken ticket. I mean, it's all beautiful. So, it, for, but for me, it's the, the goat curry and the dal for me are my favourite two. For me, it's the chicken tikka masala. Fantastic. Because I don't usually have a chicken tikka masala. And the way that you've done the tomatoes with that, I think it's a richness to it, a creaminess to it, a butteriness. It's great. And the chicken is thighs, which is what you want rather than breast. And I like this pineapple rita, which I've never had before. So, I would take that. And it's inspired me to put more chives on things that I do and I love putting chives on stuff but I seem to only ever put it on smoked salmon it's, it's, so, at the end of the day it's actually garlic to be honest is it the garlic in it's there? a garlic family chives is garlic family oh yeah of course so get the little yeah. garlicky flavour we put chives it's great lovely delicious. all of it is amazing I really think you can make a career of this, this is, uh, <laughs> I'm working towards it you're on to something um, uh, at thank all you. thank you so thank much thank you so much uh, I really pleasure. appreciate it thank it's you. a pleasure to meet you both thank, thank you. you thank you contact the show on twitter at fave takeaway pod or instagram on my favorite takeaway podcast you can email us with your stories of takeaway woe gripes your worries on hello at my favorite takeaway podcast.com that was the incredible atul kutcher i mean he gave some really good tips there i thought about how to fry seeds and herbs and spices how to fry? I said how to fry the seeds. How to fry? How to fry? Which is how you fry rice, of course. We all okay, know this. Yes, that's good. We all yeah, know this. It's a um, term. It's a technical and, term. And and him sort of taking apart Peshwari naan, which I thought was was quite good. Bit hurt by that. <laughs> to be honest. Bit hurt by that. And your quite predictable takeaway choice. It's quite a thing being told by Michelin star chef that you're ordering wrong. It really is quite painful. Yeah, I know. However, he did point out that the. Peshwari naan is one of the big profit-earning things for any Indian <laughs> takeaway. And you have to ask, if something's selling that well, can it be that bad? It's the same when people talk about McDonald's and how McDonald's is rubbish. There's a reason they're everywhere. It can't be that bad. There's a reason they're popular at all. Get on board. Get on the Peshwari naan. The Peshwari naan is not the McDonald's of India, just to be very clear. Okay? <laughs> it's not, no. it not Peshwari naans in golden, in golden rotis all over the, all over the country. Okay. It's a popular food for a reason. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Apparently, risotto is another bestseller in restaurants, so ah. that's why that's why they do it. Anyway, look, we're not going to start a food business, but what we are going to do is <laughs> is say that we have even that is hold on, is this the end of the series? No. Oh, got one more guest. Two more. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good work with you. Seems like keen to wrap it up already. <laughs> anyway, that's me. You're brilliant. enjoying the show. I'll see you next series. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 